And what would have created the wormhole in the first place? Well, that's the that's the question. Um, some super sophisticated alien civilization is your your best bet for that. Oh, well, I happen to have one right here. <laughs> Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Philip. I did a double because my first good morning, Matt, was too far away from the microphone. Coming in close. All right. We can have conservation of good mornings. Yeah, we'll put that. Put put the second one in the bank. Yes. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need it. Yeah. It might be a bad morning. And then you're like, oh, wait, we got a good one in the, in the sure. bank. Uh, we're jumping right in today. Speed round. Uh, welcome, everyone. Um, if you've listened to the show before, you know what we're going to do. If you're new, the show is called What the If? And it's because you'll find out. <laughs> Here we go. A listener sent in. Uh, we have a, we have another, I love this my, you know, one of my favorite things is to do you know, our listener ideas. So sent in from a fan, a fellow ifer, someone who asks what the if is an ifer. And this week, uh, we are featuring uh, a suggestion by uh, John C. George, Associate Professor of Mathematics. Professor John C. George. Prof- that's correct. Professor George uh, from Georgia. We're not sure um, to follow up with Professor George and find out where uh, in Georgia he is, but uh, that's just based on the location indicator on Twitter where John uh, sent us this suggestion from. And he says, lots of what we, I put out a thing saying, you know, send in your ideas. What are some, what are some things you would like to imagine? And, and then have us go there into the universe where this thing happens. And he said, what if there were, what the if there were lots of traversable wormholes to cool places? Uh, I like yeah. that, that the, uh, the wormholes only go to cool places. <laughs> That's right. So none to New Jersey or anything. Oh, snap. <laughs> Maybe to Princeton? Maybe to Princeton. Since That's we're right. talking, you know, this is a suggestion from a mathematician. Um, yeah. So lots of, tra- and, and I like he, you know, all of you ifers out there, you listeners are very smart and clever. And he used the word traversable. Mm-hmm. So That's for important. those for those who are maybe among our younger members of our audience, uh, shout out to maybe some of our fans uh, listening in in Harlem. Oh yeah, this uh, this week new listeners we have uh, coming in, uh, high school students perhaps. Hey, how are you? Welcome, welcome. What does traversable mean? Now they already know, but for for their younger siblings, what does traversable mean? Uh, being able to go through. So. When a door is open, it's traversable. When it's closed, it's not. Right. And traverse it and go through it. And, 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 and interestingly, why does he know, why does he say traversable? And, oh, well, we'll probably get into this when we're talking about the wormholes, but right. um, it's a lot easier to make a wormhole that nobody can go through than one that somebody can go through. So like any good mathematician, he's uh, anticipating the pedantic objections. <laughs> Oh, touche. 
<laughs> from professor to professor. That was a fist. That was a fist bump. <laughs> and uh, now a wormhole. I never actually thought about. It. Let's just real quick. The image, the, a literal wormhole, is a worm mm-hmm. goes into the ground, and the idea is that, like I, I imagine, the worm on the surface uh, digs a hole, goes down underground, but then comes back up somewhere else. Right. And I think specifically comes back up in a different place. Yes. So you say, oh my goodness, how did that worm do that? Right, right, right. So if you don't know what's going on underground, you just see a worm go into the ground and then pop up somewhere else. Right. And you think worms have these amazing powers, right? Yes. Do they? They do. Well, it's kind of like my dog on an elevator, right? So the door opens, she gets on. Door closes, door opens again, and we're in a different place. Yeah. And every time she's amazed. Like, this is great. <laughs> That's is she really amazed? She is. Yeah. That, always, always stunned. That is fantastic. Never lose that. Everybody <laughs> don't lose that wonder of the elevator just opening up. And uh, so wormholes. And uh, do we know when was the first time uh, a wormhole was suggested as far as traveling through space? Well, 1960s or so, Mm. um, there's a bunch of weirdos like, uh, John Wheeler and J. Robert Oppenheimer who were thinking about general relativity, which is Einstein's theory about space and time. Mm. And one of the things you can do with general relativity is, uh, come up with possible, possible worlds, actually kind of like what we do. Mm. That is the, the equations of the theory allow many different arrangements of time and space. So you can amuse yourself by sitting down and thinking up new ones that are allowed in general relativity. Yeah. Do you think they, uh, now they might do it, it could be 50% one way or the other, but I'm just curious, do you think it's done more like, let's push the numbers on this equation and see what happens? Or is it like, in other words, if you never thought of a wormhole, Mm-hmm. Is that something they might have just said? Might have popped up by accident. In their mind and said, then go back and see the math. Yeah. So for instance, this is how black holes start. So when you're playing with the equations, you notice that there's this, that one of the, one of the possible descriptions of space time and general relativity is this funny little space that's closed off from everything else. Mm. So when you see that, you've got a couple options. One is to say, uh, well, that must be a real thing if the theory allows it to happen. And another thing you can do is to say, well, sometimes there's just mathematical quirks in something. That's not always true. Right. 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 But uh, I'm just Um, curious that the, the, maybe maybe you said it and I missed it, the the initial impulse to seek out black hole, was it, oh, are there black holes? Or is it like messing around with the numbers and, It's just, yeah, it's just messing around with the numbers. Mm, So in the early days, Einstein and his peeps are uh, playing around with the basic equations because they don't, no one has found any of these possible worlds yet. So they're just messing around. And one of the first ones they find uh, is this uh, Dutch astronomer named Willem de Sitter comes up with his, it's called a solution to the equations. And he and Einstein write back and forth to each other kind of exploring it mathematically. They're like, oh, this is what happens near the edge. And this is what happens if you take two th- things and put them next to each other. Uh, and in one of the letters, Einstein says, uh, I noticed there's this weird spot in your universe where strange things happen. Wow. 
And then, and then he has the quick addendum says, but I'm sure it's just a mathematical uh, fluke. Can't wow. be real. So that's on paper. Yeah. Einstein saying is probably, it's probably, yeah, it's almost serious. It's, it's certainly non-physical. Wow. Um, did Einstein live to see black holes? He did not. Yeah. Uh, 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 dies in 1954, so a uh, long time before. If you believe in the supernatural, as my mother said, he probably made them. But, he, you know, he's like, they didn't exist. He died. He went up there and he's like, ha ha. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Boom. If anybody's looking for a uh, speculative fiction story, that's a good one. Yes. He pulled, he just pulled, just poked holes in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so wormholes is. Yeah. So, so wormholes are this, one of these funny arrangements of space time where uh, like a worm you pop in one place and then come out in another um and there's an important but pedantic uh, distinction we need to to think about here is that an actual wormhole once you understand how dirt works yes are not that exciting right you're like oh well the worm just traversed the distance between those two spots and came up again right, right? now for so the worm it was um, it was amazing <laughs> well, and actually, this is an important point is that from from different points of view, wormholes can be more or less exciting. Mm. Um, so there's a sense in which uh, when I walk down the hallway, I'm traversing space. Right. Mm. So mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. in one place and then I'm in another. Right. But nobody's very impressed by that because I just walked the distance. Right. 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 So the thing about wormholes is they let you get from point A to point B with less distance. (laughs) So the usual metaphor for this um, is something like this. So you take a piece of paper and you mark two spots on it Mm -hmm. and there's an ant that's going to walk from one of the spots to the other. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Mm -hmm. fine. And one of the things you do in special, in general relativity is you bend and warp space time. So in this case, that's the sheet of paper. So when I bend the sheet of paper, uh, the ant is still walking from A to B, but it feels different. Like it notices it has this curve in it. Mm-hmm. So depending on how I warp the paper, the ant has a different experience. And then this interesting moment occurs when I fold the paper over and make points A and B actually touch. Uh, but And the ant has, doesn't know, this theoretical ant knows nothing about the third dimension. Exactly right. So all the ant knows is that it can now go from point A to point B without walking very far because it can just hop from one spot to the other. And, but, but that jump would be extreme. Like they don't get a gradual, um, they wouldn't just think this is totally ordinary that, that walking. Uh, That's right. It would be, it would be a disorienting experience at least. Um, And exactly what that experience would be like, we don't entirely know. Um, but right. we can make good guesses. Now, now wormholes are, uh, the picture of them we, we usually see, um, is of, uh, like two funnels connected by a long tube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say. And, uh, but that image you just made is of a piece of, that actually the two holes are touching. Uh, yes, that's right. So. The, uh, when you think about the image of the funnels in your head, the, the funnel shape is in four dimensions. 
Right. So sure. it's probably not that you would feel like you're going through a, a, a through a funnel, but rather um, the space time has taken on that funnel like appearance. And what you would observe the f- funnel in four dimensions as is a gravitational force. That is, you would feel pushed and pulled as you went through. Right. So if you get close to the wormhole, you could be sucked through. Uh, quite possibly, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and probably more to the point, this is where the traversable um, qualifier comes in, uh-huh. is uh, going through a wormhole would be very much like going through the event horizon of a black hole, mm-hmm. um, which is usually fatal, right? So there are these tremendous gravitational forces that would rip you apart. So I've heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one so, has yet come back and said it that's was right. fatal. <laughs> this has me. not been reported yet by anyone. Yeah, that's right. So this is uh, so a kind of typical wormhole, if you can imagine such a thing, would have extremely intense gravitational forces as you went through it, and you would all cer- almost certainly be ripped apart at the center for sh- for sure, if not before. That's right. Yeah, probably before. So you'd probably just come out nice spray of protons on the other side whoa well if that's your goal and if that's your goal you're good to go <laughs> good to go come to the spray of photons ride uh so it, it, i just want to make this just i'm going to put this image out there and mm-hmm. uh let the viewer the viewer this is an eternal problem of mine the listener <laughs> see i it's live in a higher home. dimension how reflexive it is. Yeah. That's right. I live in a dimension where there's a thing called vision. But we are here communicating in a vision, in a vision, in a world where there's no vision. Anyway, just sound. And listeners, here's the thing. As I imagine this also in my head. Um, you can imagine the two, uh, a single piece of paper, right? And it's got a mm-hmm. hole on both. You poke two holes, fold the paper. So that those two holes are touching and you can obviously go through that hole. And, but what's really happening is look, think of three dimensional space, look at real space mm-hmm. and imagine folding it. Yeah. Which our brains really can't do, right? We right. can't, you can't really visualize this. So the best we can do is these metaphors with lower dimensions, like right. pieces of paper. Right. So in fact, if I wanted to just imagine, uh, Within a room, there's a, 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 or a hallway, like you said, there's a long hallway. And uh, I'm going to make a wormhole to make a wormhole that gets me from one end of the hallway to the other immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would somehow fold the space in the fourth dimension. Right. So that the two ends of the hallway come together. Mm-hmm. And we're good to go. So, how in the world is this, A, how in the world is that possible? It sounds like it most likely has to be a natural phenomenon. And if so, have we ever seen a wormhole? Right. So this is, um, this takes us back to my, my initial uh, uh, prevarications about this, which is that wormholes are allowed in general relativity. Mm. That doesn't mean they actually exist. Interesting. So, so whereas Einstein said, you know, black holes... Might just be a math. Yeah, the math shows us that, but they might not actually exist. In the case of wormholes, you're saying, well, in this, maybe he was right about. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Maybe this is uh, Einstein's caution 
is warranted here. Right. Um, so, so this is a, like, this is this funky position where it's allowed, but we don't know if it's true. Um, and so, yet, you know, physics, physics is not like communism where everything not forbidden is mandatory. Ooh, that's a great phrase. I'm not familiar <laughs> with that. I heard that. Yeah. No, everything not forbidden is mandatory. Um, so, uh, however, unless this is selective uh, evidence or whatever you want to call it, uh, I feel like I hear this again and again and again in stories of science that people thought it was just a mathematical thing that some theory allowed, but then we found it occurring. Yeah. Um, and to a certain degree, that's because we remember those stories because right. they're awesome. Right. Um, but nobody pays attention to the stories of the second year grad student who incorrectly thinks of something as being real. Okay. So, so what you're saying right. is you take, take the equation of general relativity or any other of the great uh, equations that describe uh, how the universe is structured mm-hmm. and you can plug in numbers that say, well, this is what would happen in this particular situation. But as far as we know, that doesn't actually happen. Right. Yeah. So there's many possible universes that are allowed in general relativity, but oh. we only live in one of them. Oh. Right. Now, Einstein might say, or at least I'll say, even if mm-hmm. Einstein wouldn't, ha ha. <laughs> Uh, that seems wasteful. As far as, <laughs> well, just in terms, nature seems to not waste. It's an awful waste of space time, or um, even waste of equations. Or, or, yeah, that's a fairly profound um, concern. I'd have to 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 ponder deeply about exactly what that would mean. So, one that might be. Uh, Maybe the equations a, wrong. Good, a good reason to believe in the multiple universe theory. Mm-hmm. They say somewhere out there, right. there's got to be one that fulfills every possibility. Um, and that's tricky. So that's along the lines of, you know, there has to be a universe where I was a fireman and I was a doctor and I was a ditch digger. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the, the same kind of reasoning. You were very busy in that universe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm digging this hole and suddenly somebody has a heart attack. I've got to go save them. But in fact, suddenly the room they're in is burning and, you know. So because we're not sure if wormholes exist, it's hard to talk about how they would form. Um, Now, and here's the real problem is that most, so while wormholes are allowed, this is again, the traversable problem. um, They tend to disappear right away. Oh, uh-huh. They, they evaporate like black holes, if you want to go back to the, the Hawking episode. Uh, uh-huh. So, uh, so there is a solution to this, which is you, need, you can kind of plug the wormhole with something called exotic matter, which again, we don't know if it exists. Right. We don't know what exotic matter is, just as something well, we don't... Well, so we call it... This um, is a, unobtainium. It's, it's literally... Exotic matter is matter that has negative mass. Oh. Okay. So whatever that might mean, right? I don't know what it really means to declare that something has negative mass. So this is, here's a good example of like, you have some equation that includes mass in it, right? Mm -hmm. Like equals MC squared. Yeah. The M. And, and you can mathematically, we can sit here and, and put a minus sign in front of the M. No problem. Yeah. Or, or, or the number we plug in is like, like 
instead of mass being like one kilogram, you could say minus one kilogram. Yep. No problem. Right. It's, it's literally as easy as just putting that stroke on the piece of paper. Right. Oh, see, and anyone can do that. And yeah, go ahead uh, and try it yourself. And in fact, if I, you know, your computer can calculate things. So you want to find out the energy of something, U E equals MC squared. So the C is the speed of light squared. So that's a set number. Mm-hmm. Let's say that the current in, in our universe, what the speed of light is and all that. Um, and then there's an M. Well, what, you know, what's the energy of one kilogram? What's the energy of a cup or a, right. you know, a stone that weighs one kilogram? Uh, well, this, this, stone weighs 10 kilograms and there's this much energy, a whole lot of energy. But yes. you could literally, if you're, you know, your calculator, you want to do this on your calculator, instead of uh, 10 kilograms, you say, what if it's negative 10 kilograms? You have no mm-hmm. idea what that means, but there's nothing stopping you from... Nothing is stopping you from writing that down. Putting yep. that number and you will get a negative number of energy. Yep. And the question then becomes... Like, what does that, what what does that mean right. is extremely unclear, but the equations don't care sometimes. Um, <laughs> you, can just, you can just do the equations with that minus sign and see what happens. Uh, and it so happens that if you stick some matter with negative uh, mass into the wormhole, it keeps it open. Right. right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the challenge is to find some physical... Uh, manifestation. Yeah. Some stuff, right? Like a, a lobster, a negative lobster. Right. And actually, this is interestingly, this is the, this is a very simple, clear example of the difference between theory, theoreticians, what theoreticians do, yep. what theoretical physicists do, and what an experimentalist does. The experimentalist, mm-hmm. in order to actually, let's say he wants to run an experiment and measure something. He's like, oh, well, let me get something that has negative 10 kilograms. Mm-hmm. He can't find any. So you can't even do the experiment. Yeah. And that's a good way to, that's a good example of how you would start an argument between um, theorists and experimenters too. (laughs) So the theorist says, all right, so take something that has negative 10 kilograms. And the experimenter says, where? Show it to me. Where is it? Right. And the theoretician says, well, let's just imagine that we have it. And the experimentalist's head explodes. Yeah. And, and, And weight is a little bit different from mass. However, it's, mm-hmm. It sort of means that if you had this negative 10 kilogram thing, this thing that weighs negative 10 kilograms, which is bizarre, yeah. and you put it on a scale, <laughs> if that were even possible, the scale would read negative 10. Uh, it would, meaning, meaning it would be, so negative mass would mean it's repelled from other masses, like oh. anti-gravity style. Okay. Oh, and, and hence, that's why it can keep the wormhole open, maybe. Exactly, right. Is that the, gravi- the wormhole tries to collapse under its own gravity, um, but the exotic matter forces it open again. Whoa. Cool. And so the question is, um, unlike, for instance, a black hole, they, they could calculate and they said, well, if you had something that was this massive, it would curve space-time this much. And if it was even bigger mass, it would curve it e- space-time even more. And if you keep mm-hmm. going... Eventually, you get to a point where it's curved so much that uh, there's no it's okay, there's no escape become yeah. a hole. And uh, so, the only issue there was then: well, astronomers need to look in the sky and find 
the place where there had been some giant star that was big enough that collapsed and, and mm-hmm. so forth created black holes. And eventually we, we haven't, and now we find them everywhere. Right. They're all over the place. All over the place. But that was a normal star, normal mass, normal gravity. Everything was normal about that situation. Yes, totally. That's right. That's the, the matter inside the star is exactly like the matter that we interact with normally. So stars are so, everywhere. So we have a good sense of what it was. So we know what to look for. Right. Right. Um, so it seems likely that uh, as far as we know, exotic matter does not exist naturally. So somebody would have to make it. Um, now, if, if and, it was in this, let's suppose there was a object made of negative mass. That's even impossible. How do you get an object? But anyway, suppose such a thing exists. It would be, and it was in the sky. We would see it because like stars would be flying away from it in uh, all directions. Yeah, that's probably right. Mm-hmm. And we don't see it. We've yet to see anything like We've that. We've yet to see that. Yeah. So without this, wormholes can't exist? Or? Uh, they can exist, but not for very long. So they, they would not be traversable then. Okay. And what would have created the wormhole in the first place? Well, that's the that's the question. Um, some super sophisticated alien civilization is your your best bet for that. Oh, um, well, I happen to have one right here. <laughs> and in fact, they will be our guest mm-hmm. next week. This is uh, uh, yet another what the if cliffhanger because sometimes we ask an if that's so huge we can't even get to the if we can't even get to the f. We've only done the I. Cannot be contained. We we cannot be contained. And yet, uh, John C. George, Georgia, wait a second. Georgia's named after him. Whoa, that'd be critical. That'd be pretty wild. John C. George, Associate Professor of Mathematics, at John C. George 2 on Twitter. I mean, thank you for sending us this idea. Uh, because you want to do we've all wanted to do it we've all heard of wormholes and uh, next week we will um, find negative mass Mm -hmm. and we will find an alien civilization or perhaps our future selves yep who are able to find this negative mass to collect it or generate it uh, meaning convert from negative energy to negative. I have no idea. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Right. And and um, make a wormhole or find a wormhole and then throw this plug in it and keep it open long enough for to let the dog out to walk. Come back. Yeah. Be good. Uh, yeah, wormholes for doggy doors. Next week. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> on what the if... Thank you for tuning in. A little bit of speed round this week. Um, So we built up a tremendous amount of momentum. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was like a freight train of uh, imagination, desire, and scientific questing uh, that just hurdle us wormhole style into next week. I mean, we might not even, you know, theoretically, there are seven days between now and then and however many hours and minutes and seconds that is. But in fact, we if we went through a wormhole, just be like, bang, we're there. Yep. Is that right? That's right. Because so, it, it also involves so if, travel so if, through time. Yeah, well, we can talk about that next time. But um, 
uh, yes, if you want, if you don't want to wait, feel free to make your own wormhole. Right. Uh, and pop out next week. Right. And uh, bring the worm and you'll get the fish. Early, <laughs> or the early bird. If you're an early bird, you're going to get the wormhole. Real quick, um, John C. George 2. <laughs> I wonder who John C. George 1 was. But John C. George 2, for your fabulous idea, we are going to send you a fantastic finger puppet. Woot! From the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, who are erstwhile sponsors, are, are uh, eager sponsors, are very kind, supportive sponsors, who uh, make all kinds of fabulous gifts. Uh, PhilosophersGuild.com. I encourage you to go there and find all kinds of smart things, like um, great scientists and great science fiction characters, and great even philosophers and psychologists, and writers uh, of all generations of human history that you can put on all your fingers and wave them around and make them say whatever you want. Yeah. Speak through That's your fingers, powerful. through the mind, you know, uh, put Einstein on your finger and suddenly you got Einstein at the party. Be the one. Philosophersguild.com and uh, John, we're going to send you a, a super, super thank you gift um, from them for sending us this great idea. And uh, by the way, John, you've, you've created a two-part episode, so that's pretty awesome. That is pretty exciting. Pretty fantastic. So tune in next week. Download next week. Doesn't have the same Like, you know, we used to sell Batman. It'd be like, same bat time, same yeah. bat channel. So same bat link, same bat uh, download time. Yeah, that doesn't quite work, does it? Does, it? it doesn't quite work. Nonetheless, it'll be even more exciting. You know, those things that used to fly up in the Batman episode. Bam! Wow! Bam! Yeah, spinning around. And if... (laughs) Kaboom! (laughs) Next week on the other side of the wormhole, you will hear us say what? The... If... 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 If...